Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the solar season or season of dawn as uh, I'm calling it solar season because of all the updates of the solar subclasses. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. Uh, you can come in and click the follow button on the channel if I'm not live. Turn on notifications so you don't miss my streams. And if you're on YouTube, you can also be sure to hit like, share, and subscribe and all those good things. That helps me out. So, why am I calling it the solar season? Solar season discussion, right? Well, they're updating a bunch of the solar subclasses. It's also called Season of Dawn, and we've had other things indicated on Twitter. There's going to be a lot of solar themes. More than likely, the artifact is going to do things to solar grenades. This season, they did stuff to void grenades with the, you know, oppressive darkness, and then you had the, you know, coil, uh, the coil, you know, thing on the on the artifact that did something to you know the arc subclass uh, melee. So I think they're going to be doing a lot of things with solar, and they have outlined some of it. So I'm going to walk through what exactly they're changing on the solar subclasses. They're doing one for uh, bottom bottom path for gun uh, gunslinger. They're doing middle tree for sunbreaker, and then top tree for uh, tombman of sky for the for the warlock. So they're doing some changes here. I want to walk through what those are. I want to talk about why I feel like this is PvP focused. If you read through these updates you're going to start to see a theme emerging these seem to be updates for pvp that might be because solar subclasses have decent presence in pve you've got well of radiance that still is useful you know celestial nighthawk shows up blade barrage doesn't really show up like it used to because they hurt shards of galanor so much uh, but people still probably like, you know, like running Knife Trick with Ophidia Spathe. So more than likely, that might be why they're leaning towards PvP. I do want to end by talking about Trials. I, I feel like they're they're pointing more signs and more arrows. They're pointing to perhaps Trials coming back in Season of Dawn. So let's just start with what they're doing. So Gunslinger, Bottom Tree, the Bottom Path. Uh, the three shot has had increased auto aim distance and reliability when aiming down sights for six shot they've shortened the damage fall off range to emphasize the short range gunfighter role with a lot of kill potential they want way of the sharpshooter to feel more active and rewarding for players who can fulfill the role of a sharpshooter the new thing they're doing is called weighted knife high damage knife throw with a long wind up it travels at high speeds it bounces once and does extra damage to the head precision shot final blows uh, recharge it and it's a one hit precision final blow in pvp so you do have to hit them in the head you can't just like chuck the knife at them uh, the weighted knife will kill on a, on a one hit if it's precision quality of life to practice makes perfect it's going to last longer but give a bit less energy per second precision hits will grant two stacks a new thing called knock them down precision final blows increase weapon stability and ads speed the timer starts at 10 seconds but any additional final blow assist can increase it up to 25 seconds line them up is going to get a quality of life update Old perks from Crowd Pleaser are now part of this perk. Uh, Golden Gun can cause precision damage and precision shots generate auras of light. So that's their, their updating uh, line them up. So that's what they're doing uh, to the hunter. And, you know, they said they wanted this to be something that, you know, you might find useful. Everybody's just kind of running around with Celestial. So it sounds like, again, that feels a little PvP focused to me. I don't know how many people are going to be running around using Goldie. Uh, in the way they described it in PvE, but we'll have to, you know, that that remains to be seen. Uh, We'll see if people don't come up with something. The Code of the Devastator, the Sunbreaker Middle Tree, is getting uh, some things increased. Roaring Flame Perk is going to receive a significant buff. Burning Maul is going to last longer. They're also going to increase the height of the Heavy Slam Explosion, so if somebody's above you or in the air... 
Throwing Hammer is going to have its impact damage bumped from 100 to 120, and they're going to increase uh, the pickup radius to 3.5 meters instead of just 2 meters. Uh, they're adjusting Hammer throw animations to fit a more damaging attack. Roaring Flames is getting a buff, as we said. Uh, it's going up from 10% per stack to 25% per stack in PvP and increased duration from 15 seconds to 20 seconds. Burning Maul, they're going to increase the duration up to 28.5 seconds from 21. Light Attack is going to reduce the energy cost. Uh, they're going to adjust the animation so it flows better as well. Heavy Attack, the Ground Slam Attack now detonates, which detects enemies above it. Uh, and they're going to increase the energy cost there. So, with the... With the burning mall, it's lasting longer, and they're giving you a little bit more of a of an aerial attack if you slam the ground. But it's going to cost a little bit more. The top path for Dawnblade on Morlocks, a Tomb of Sky, is getting some changes. Icarus dashes while in daybreak have increased speed and thrust to recapture the burst glide gameplay for those running the air superiority perk. But they're going to reduce the speed at which burst glide accelerates players in daybreak. So they're making some changes to make the top tree a little bit more uh, appealing with respect to speed. Something that they're new that they're adding is Celestial Fire. It's a melee. You'll send a spiral of three explosive solar projectiles. So again, feels a little bit PvP-oriented. Melee projectiles. Solar melee projectiles are getting tuned here or added in general. Uh, Heat Rises is getting a rework. You're going to consume your grenade to extend glide time and dramatically reduce the in-air accuracy penalties for weapons. They're reworking Wing Sun. You can fire weapons, use Celestial Fire, and throw grenade while gliding. Airborne Final Blows grant melee energy and extend the duration of Heat Rises. A rework to Icarus Dash. Uh, Tapping Crouch twice in Dodge in midair. You'll dodge in Daybreak. It'll accelerate players farther and cost less super energy while under the effects of Heat Rises. This is a. These are the whole. Uh, these are a whole swath of changes we're working on to ex, uh, extend beyond these three subclasses. Most solar subclasses has had some tuning, and some non-solar subclasses a bit of quality of life love too. So again, to me, the theme there is a lot of PvP focus. They're trying to make these subclasses more appealing in PvP. I didn't feel anything in there that was going to be PVE oriented. Other than maybe making Burning Maul last a little bit longer and making the quick attacks cost a little bit less, it might be viable in certain sections. Again, I don't know. Most people were using it to cheese bosses by locking them in an animation, sort of stun lock. I think most of this is PvP focused. Let's talk about that. The focus of the Solar subclass updates are leaning into some things that I think people may find frustrating. Number one, as I already highlighted, solar projectiles. So, the heavy weighted throwing knife, again, you line that up right on the doors and the, and the, and the choke points that people are coming through. It might be pretty annoying, especially considering it refills itself on a precision kill. Uh, you might be running into guys that that's basically all they run. They're just going to kind of sit around corners and kind of wait uh, for people to come around. Someone in chat is saying the buff to Goldie with the three stacks of knock em down is a buff to PvE. Yeah, I do think Goldie is the one that you might, I, I said that earlier, I think you might see some different strategies emerge specifically with the Goldie but the Warlock changes and the Titan changes feel very, very much like hey, we want to create some space here and create some appealing you know, th- themes to these subclasses uh, for PvP and this could line up with a PvP push next season. Uh, PvP didn't get a whole lot of love for the last year They've not done much with it. Now, they restructured PvP, but they didn't do much for it in the way of, like, updates, changes, maps, you know, etc. So, this could be a thrust and a theme 
Season of Dawn could do more for PvP than we've seen up to now. Uh, it's only a $10 season, so a lot of this could just be quality of life. Uh, you're not going to have to pay for these, by the way. So when I say that, I'm not saying like, oh, you're going to have to buy Season of Dawn if you want to get these changes. But they do this, right? They come in, they create a thematic idea and thrust centered around the subclasses and centered around the trees. They did that with the Void subclasses, and then they did the Oppressive Darkness Grenade on the artifact. So we have yet to see how some of the changes to the artifact are also going to capstone with this stuff, whether it's in PvP or PvE. But this is going to make a lot of people ask the question, what about trials? What about trials? We've all been theorizing trials is coming back. So that's what I want to end with. I've been one of the people putting forward the idea that they have been hinting at trials coming back, that putting 3v3 Elim in the Crucible Labs was a step in that direction, that they were attempting to test it to before bringing it back. Now, before I even get into this, I know people are going to run in the comments. It's already been brought up today. It is, it is an assumed thing, and I, I, I agree with this wholeheartedly, that cheaters are going to need addressed on PC specifically in greater number than you're seeing like cheating or DDoSing on the consoles. That's going to have to be addressed if they want to bring back trials. If they want to bring back trials, if they want to have some sort of go flawless, get a reward thing and, re- and resurrect the idea of Trials of Osiris, not Trials of the Nine, a lot of people are hoping for Trials of Osiris to return, which is the D1 version. 3v3 Elim, go flawless, bring back the Mercy Boon, etc. I If they do that, they got to get rid of the cheaters. So I, I'm going to say that out, out, of, out of the gate just so people know. I'm not like, yeah, bring back trials. It's going to be great. They're going to have to make significant changes. Dylan tweeted about Dawn being like the sun coming up, and I reminded everybody and replied to his tweet and said, you know, Luke Smith also said they're going to put 3v3 Elim into the Crucible Labs, and they want to bring it out so that it could find a warmer home. Uh, That, to me, again, kind of points to Season of Dawn, the sun, uh, solar, all these things, to me, feel like they're kind of pointing to trials coming back you know trials is going to be a thematic osiris sun solar oriented thing it's going to be maybe even on mercury uh and you'll deal with brother vance again like we did in d1 i i think a lot of signs are pointing to trials returning there's a handful of things that need to happen number one they got to figure out which maps are terrible for 3v3 elim and that's something that crucible labs hopefully could have taught them balancing maps rules for the maps as far as like if you're going to have that get on the control point in the event of a you know time running out and you know rotating spawns and all those things are going to be put in place and then you got to figure out you know balancing issues one-eyed mask recluse and other things that are potentially going to be pretty frustrating to play against and you know as we had just this season you have the thunder coil on the artifact we can't have a return of something like that if you want to bring back trials so overall i'm excited to have some information this week from a stream we'll obviously cover that discuss that do q a this is just kind of my preliminary thoughts on they're changing these things it seems to be pvp focused we'll have to wait and see and hear from bungie as always we're gonna go to q a next if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably catch me live right now at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the solar season or season of dawn and all the solar changes that they're making. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. Uh, come on in, hit follow, turn on notifications if you enjoy these streams. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, and the little bell is another way to help me out. Let's jump right into the questions. 
uh, try and keep it. I'm trying to keep these a little bit shorter for the people that listen and watch elsewhere. Starscream says, of the three subclasses being reworked, which are you the most interested to try out? Honestly, probably Goldie. Because there may be instances where it could be really, really strong in PvE. I don't see myself using Burning Maul. Um, now, that could change, but Titan Bubble is really nice. It's really, really solid in PvE right now. It's even a little bit stronger this season because of the oppressive darkness grenades that may go away okay so that may change things next season i'm not a big fan of the solar classes for the titan melting points not really necessary unless of course you start doing things next season with the artifact and with the grenades and solar subclasses maybe there is something maybe there is something that could could go really well with melting point or with with burning mall I'm just not too big on it. I, I just, it's one of those things where it, it's one of those things where it feels, it feels like they're influencing PvP more than PvE. And I could be wrong. Again, I think the artifact is going to be uh, the main question. So the 90 seconds for 30 minutes for no pre-roll was a bust. I mean, I did it that one day. Uh, for those listening, this is relevant to you too. If you ever come into the Twitch stream, Twitch allows you to run 90 seconds of ads and you get 30 minutes of no pre-roll. And I was doing it before Q&A sessions and before the podcast segments just to see what the response was. It seemed like it was a turnoff to the viewers that were here. And I think that's the dilemma. How many people are coming to the directory during these segments and are clicking and then leaving because of ads okay how many people do that compared to how many people leave because i'm running a bunch of ads more than normal i don't think there's that many people that are familiar with this segment or me or destiny i don't think they're coming to the destiny 2 directory clicking on me getting an ad and being like i'm out of here i'm done um we'll try it maybe a couple more times just to see but their response did seem to be like it hurt viewership more than it helped it I was only doing it to try to help people get into the content. If it's going to drive people away, then I'm not going to freaking do it. I don't care about making money from ads. I care about people getting in and accessing the content. Accessing the content. Uh, Star Screams, what kind of weapons would you like to see as the next ritual weapons? It'd be really cool uh, to get a shotgun in the mix. We, you know, I, I, I feel like we haven't, we've not had one, right? Since Ikelos shotgun? Ikelos was kind of the, the first it kind of feels like the first pinnacle weapon before they they started doing one every season Uh, I'd love to see a shotgun I'd love to see a PVE hand cannon uh, as a pinnacle because we had a pinnacle well they're not pinnacles anymore, they're ritual well we we had them but they were PVP focused, you know, the Not Forgotten uh, and the Lunas Howl so it'd be cool to see a PVE hand cannon or we had the AR a really good pulse uh, a really good pulse would be nice um, it'd be nice to see because we had the Desperado on the, the Claymore but we haven't seen much since then and it'd be cool to say hey we're going to try and give you guys a really really strong PVE oriented pulse in general I think we're going to want to see an overhaul of weapons we need a, a perk update the perk pool, uh, new perks, the way perks work, the way mods work, all that needs overhauled. We need an armor 2.0 treatment of the weapons. They need to do something like the weapons. Now, I don't want us to pick our own the... I, I don't want people to be able to pick their own perks. I don't want that. But we need a quality pass. I mean, I don't. I just don't think perks and guns are that interesting 
uh, anymore. I think we're kind of we've kind of hit our limit. We're like, okay, we get it. There's these perks that do damage. There's these perks that do reload, and that's pretty much everybody focuses on that. And then everyone was focusing on demolitionists this season because of keeping grenade uptime was really really fun for the oppressive darkness grenades. But in general, we're 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 not really chasing a whole lot of different perk rolls. And I don't know when they're going to do that. I would not imagine them saying, oh, hey, uh, we're updating the entire weapon system in Season of Dawn or the spring or summer season. I would imagine they would take the next year to completely overhaul, revamp, and come up with a weapons 2.0, and then that would hit in September of next year. And that would kind of be the end of Destiny. That would be the final year of Destiny 2. And then that would be sort of a, we learned all these lessons with armor, Along the way, we've made tweaks and quality passes on the Armor 2.0 system because uh, they've indicated that they're taking our feedback on that. And then in September, the Weapons 2.0 or whatever the frick you want to call it lands. And then they spend a year tweaking, accepting feedback, making changes. And all of that influences their structure and their framework and their systems for uh, Destiny 3. And then they go into Destiny 3 and they say, hey, you know, we learned all this from Destiny 2 and the the weapon system, the armor system, the leveling, the scalability of it. Each season, each DLC is been adjusted to line up with everything we learned in those two final years of Destiny 2. It would kind of be like, I know Division 2 didn't do incredibly well but it was certainly better and better received than Division 1 and it was because of a lot of what they learned from the end of Division 1 when they led up to the Division 1.8 patch and unfortunately they didn't get a lot of credit for that a lot of the quality and the value in Division 2 was assumed everybody kind of overlooked how much the game had progressed and gotten better because they got to the end game and they're like this isn't that great and you know we would, we would hope that that wouldn't happen with Destiny. But you can see the format there works. You say, okay, look, we got a game, we got an audience, let's use it, let's test stuff, and let's use that to influence the next game. Man, Starscream's really stacking the beginning here. Uh, <laughs> with another question, what do you think Bungie needs to do to keep players active next season? This is too generic, and you've asked a couple of questions, so I'm just going to jump to the next one. T-Funk. Craft, the infamous trials carrier, is going to Bungie in a couple of weeks, per Zach. Uh, does this point towards a spring release of Trials, maybe 2020? No. Traditionally, when they brought people in like this, it's to test what's right around the corner. So when people, when people have gone to these capture events and these community events uh, that I never get invited to, uh, <laughs> uh, when they get invited to these, it's always for the next DLC. So if Craft is going, it's for whatever's next. Now it's really close to Season of Dawn. So it might be for spring. You might be right. I mean, usually they've been doing these capture events about a month before the next season, not a week. And if he's going, oh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, well then, oh, he's going on the 5th. If he is going on the 5th, then it's got to be for trials. There's no other reason to bring Crafty out. Jesse hasn't touched Destiny in ages. Um, He may have done a couple of things like a couple of months ago just for fun um i don't think he's touched destiny in ages so he's going out it's for trials and then it's probably uh that's really really close um 
He's never gone, nor has he ever invited, so why now? They... Maybe they couldn't get Lupo. I know, I know they like to bring those guys out, because they're big, they're influential, and if they could get them hooked, and they could get them to come back and play Trials, it could be really good for the game. Um, Crafty's audience, seeing Trials, seeing him play Trials... It's a free-to-play game. I mean, that's that was a that was a uh, that's a big that's a big win. That's a big win. Bungie's in a different position now. Um, I think Jesse has gone to Bungie before, but I also think that they are in a different position. If they can get some of these bigger guys to pick up the game and play it and enjoy it, there's a lot of folks that would then download the game, and that's a lot of potential revenue uh, for Bungie. I do think though, if he's going on the fifth. Uh, <laughs> That's really close to the next season. So it's likely not happening season of dawn. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize they were doing uh, something this close to the season. Again, I for whatever reason, Bungie don't want anything to do with me. So I don't ever get to go. I never get invited, even though I was told by three different people that I was on a list of people they like to bring out. But, you know, people get you. Uh, people are effective in the industry of getting you blacklisted. So somebody somewhere decided that they're not bringing me out. So I at this point, if they're doing it this close to a season launch, I would say probably no trials in Season of Dawn. I just made a video saying that it feels like it is going to be in Season of Dawn. All of the signs are pointing to PvP focus, Season of Dawn, warmer home. But somebody said, you know, maybe Luke Smith was being cute. Maybe he, he was talking about spring. Spring is when everything warms up. Maybe he was literally talking about the, the temperature in the actual world. <laughs> Not in the game uh, itself. So... I don't think it's for uh, I don't think it's for next season, which means that mid-season event I would, yeah yeah, it could be maybe Trials is not, if, you know what that's a good point, it could be something that's in the middle of Season of Dawn because, I don't if they were going to bring back Trials, that's a good point they might not do it literally week one because week one is usually like all of the content loops maybe a raid, maybe a, a raid layer uh, you know, so I, it could be one of those things where they do trials later in the season and maybe that's why they're bringing them out. Cause they have like a month or something, you know, to, to do it. We're getting a reveal stream tomorrow. We'll know for sure. I thought it was Wednesday. I thought the reveal stream was on the fourth. I don't think it's tomorrow. Tomorrow's the third. Arcanist, do you think that they should restrict trials to people who paid money, some amount of money to mitigate cheaters? I know people so get DDoSed. Oh, I, uh, this is actually a really good question. This is a really good question, and we should have included this in my video. I think trials will uh, be behind a paywall. Um, you'll have to buy the season, I think. Because that would really stop people. Because you get banned, and then... That's it. And I got news for you. Anybody who plays Trials would probably be okay with that. They wouldn't be like, oh man, you're squeezing us for money, Bungie. They'd be like, thank you, Bungie, for putting it behind a $10 paywall. Because if you do that, anybody that gets banned is going to be less likely to come back and drop another 10 bucks on a season. All those free-to-play cheaters would would not be in Trials. Um... That seems like a sensible decision to me. Dupless with 45 months and EJ Dump with 38 months. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for those resubs. 
I don't think anybody worth their weight in 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 just dust on your desk, like anybody with even the smallest semblance of intelligence would be okay with them putting trials behind a paywall. Um, I don't think anybody anybody that would complain about that is probably just a cheater in disguise. Like, I can't believe they took trials out and they put it back in a game behind a paywall. Yeah, you're trying to cheat, aren't you, bud? Uh, Matchstick with 36 months, thank you. That's a three-year badge. Welcome back. Um... You're saying free-to-play or bad guys? Yeah, that's exactly what I said, except I didn't say that at all. So, welcome to Internet Internet Argumentation 101. Putting words in the mouth of somebody else can make you feel smart for a brief moment, and I'm going to take that moment away from you. I never said anything about free-to-players being bad guys. So, I'm going to speak slowly so you can process what I'm saying, because you seem to be struggling with me talking too fast. Free-to-play is notorious for opening up the floodgates for cheaters, because if you ban them, they can create a separate account and come right back in, and it doesn't cost any money. Now, I spoke really slow there, so hopefully you caught the gist of the argument, because I didn't say anything about free-to-players being bad guys, so... Uh, Matchstick with 36 months and then Robzilla with 10. Welcome back, guys. Thank you very much for those resubs. IP ban them. Yeah, it's not difficult to uh, change your IP address. <laughs> um, slow talking bores me. Unsub. <laughs> Bumble 17. Can you see new exotics being introduced to further encourage the new adjustments for PvE? Um... What did we get this season? We got Divinity, Ariana's Vow, and the, the the bow. None of that seemed to line up with the Void Thrust. There was a clear theme of like, they changed all the Void subclasses, you had the Void Oppressive Darkness Grenade, and then the exotics had nothing to do with that. So, no. Now, well, no, because they did Graviton Lance and they did Sunshot. I was thinking maybe they could do passes on some of the solar uh, exotics we already have. I don't think so. I don't think so. You wouldn't want to put it behind a season because later down the road, the PvE portion of that season would be gone. So you'd want to put it behind Shadow Keep. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe for owners of Shadow Keep. I think the problem with that is that'd be really weird in the marketing to say. In this season, we're launching trials. Oh, and you need to own Shadow Keep. So if you skip Shadow Keep and you're buying seasons now, you got to go back and buy Shadow Keep. That might be harder to, to to market. I understand where you're coming from on it, but that might be harder for them to market. It would make more sense to say it's launching in Season of Dawn, and if you want access, you got to buy Season of Dawn. And, you know, after a couple bands these dingbats aren't going to be shoveling out 10 bucks every account every weekend to play some trials and to get banned again yo brap life hopefully get to meet you at 2020 gcx thank you dude for seven months i got my my hotel for gcx i don't have my tickets to the event yet i don't think um next question puppy says what solar subclass are you the most excited for i'm a warlock main i already answered this i think the hunter is the only one i really care about lts harry how deep will the artifact get reworked? Maybe a few minor shifts into mid-tiers to other weapon types and the final rows adding more benefits? Well, I mean, if we're honest, the first row is just a snooze fest. I mean, no one gives a frick about this first row. Um, defeating Vex Hobgoblins grants destination materials. Why? What? Huh? Defeating Vex Combatants grants extra glimmer 
why are who is even using the first row i don't know what the first row is all about the second row is going to get a revamp more than likely and hopefully in a couple of ways number one hopefully whatever they do with anti-barrier overload and unstoppable can be put on exotic weapons uh because exotics are supposed to be worth using in endgame content and this actually ends up uh passively chopping you know primary exotics down a peg and then you got all of this uh going on here i meant exotic armor i I, bumble 17 no idea none none of the exotic armor introduced this season was 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 any of it void in its theme i don't know if any of it was even i don't think so um what did we get we got the no storm dancers was was arc in its theme and then the what the titan get he got phoenix cradle was solar in its theme and then the hunter uh was just melee so no i don't even think the armor you could say this season was themed around void so yeah the artifact is well, i would hope gonna go through a lot of changes because if you're wanting to give us like a, a feeling of like freshness and newness there's a ton of things on the artifact right now that we're just gonna gloss right over right like this right here especially like this first row i could see a lot of people saying eh, I, don't, I don't really care i don't really care about any of that you know and then this one and then this one obviously just rotate the weapons i guess this one bunch of solar probably this one bunch of solar and then that'll be the end of it so um it's it's hard to speculate but i would think they would need to revamp and retune a lot of it because a lot of it just doesn't seem to be you know consequential at all and some of it is it's consequential in a way that it it's consequential in a way that's like frustrating you're like oh i need these anti-barrier mods or overload or unstoppable but i can't put it on an exotic you know one thing that i argued for was why not make the new weapons uh so imagine if the subjunctive had two slots here one for the artifact and one for the standard so i could run minor spec and anti-barrier well that might make the subjunctive a little bit more appealing than you know recluse or any any weapons that existed prior to shadow keep just a soft push a soft push to say hey if you run the new weapons they have an extra slot and that extra slot is you know giving you a, a leg up if you use some of the newer stuff it's not forcing you to it's just a soft motivation to do it uh arthros the game thank you for nine months welcome back fear less 817 i know many don't engage with iron banner however do you think they have to refresh the weapons and gear next season to bring in more player interest um it's possible that a couple of things happen this season that are not going to happen next season and that's one of them um so think about it like this if I'm, I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to stack my list here iron banner not having weapons Vanguard not getting a refresh and Shax not getting a refresh I think those three things are likely to get visited next season Uh, it was really weird to not have any new guns in Iron Banner, that one struck me as like odd 
it could have been two weapons. It, it didn't have to be a bunch. It could have literally been two weapons, and I think people would have been like, oh, wow, that's pretty nice. Uh, Master Noodle with five months, thank you. Three months from dad, uh, not good. So, I would think that, you know, possibly they could say, hey, let's put some new weapons in Iron Banner, and let's refresh Vanguard, and let's refresh Zavala. I still think they need to take Ikora's system, very simply, you take her system with the frames, and you put it in Zavala and Shaxx. Five frames for the armor, two frames just to two weapons a season. You already have currency. You use the currency, you use the crucible and the vanguard tokens to buy those frames. You grind the strike playlist or you grind crucible to complete those frames and get those weapons the exact same way you grind Ikora and the Vex Offensive. Um, so that that would be that would be my thought on how to replenish those guys and refresh those guys. Um, now if you're worried about Iron Banner engagement or I do think that the engagement numbers have been so healthy I'm not saying that, oh we need to do these things for the sake of engagement I just think for the sake of the game feeling like it's getting refreshed and replenished you know Starscreams with another one what do you think about baking cookies coming back to the dawning event what else would you like to see uh, that's probably just going to be they're going to do the exact same thing as last time kamikaze wouldn't putting trials as part of the paid version of season of dawn help with cheaters yeah we just had a question about this it's rondo you think in destiny 2's lifespan we will see selectable option nodes for deeper builds i don't think so uh i i really don't i don't think they're gonna say oh hey we we really need to give people the option to you know pick nodes in because that would require if you think about it there are a ton I mean there are a ton there are a ton of nodes and subclasses and already you know a a junk ton of things to click on and to change if, if they were to try to go in and do anything with those I think it'd be a lot of work um I think they're more focused on saying you know what are existing pools and frameworks and things we can invest in and and that's related to you playing right think about it like this think about it like this there is drive and content and and loot pursuit woven into armor 2.0 and you don't get that if you just update all the subclasses with nodes right now you could attach quests to that like go run a quest go do this thing go to that weird forest and we could unlock nodes or whatever you know side grades or you know I've talked about how you could have like a drill down effect on uh, knife trick and there could be like six different versions of knife trick here's the problem with that that doesn't create content. Armor 2.0 is attached to content and pursuits. So you're running Vex Offensive, you're running uh, Raids, you're running uh, Iron Banner, and you're getting Armor 2.0 stuff. So I don't think they're going to invest in subclasses and nodes and customization at that level right now. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean they're not going to do something like that in the future. Like, oh, hey, uh, 
in Destiny 3, we want to give you a whole lot more depth and customization over your subclasses. And then they do something like that. I, I, I think of Elder Scrolls Online whenever this question comes up. I would pick, like, an ability. I, I played as a guy who would, like, slam the ground, and then he got, like... We always said it looked like he, he was covered in poop. It was like he got covered in stone armor for a certain amount of time. And once I picked that, there were all these different things I could do to change it. What it did, did it heal me, did it last longer, did it stun enemies? It, you know, I could pick all those different things. And that was underneath the ability. So like underneath Knife Trick or underneath some ability, there'd be all these different versions of it. I, I could see them doing that in the next game. I just don't see them doing that this right now because you just don't get a whole lot of content uh, out of it. Troy with 10 months. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving break. Thank you. A9 Asinine says, With the new season fast approaching, and with what little we have been told or hinted with, what do you think the strategy is for Bungie not telling us what to fully expect? There's a stream this week. This is par for the course. People were like, Lono, are you concerned? We haven't heard anything about next season. And I was like, this is what they've been doing, right? They they wait until we're right on top of the, of the season and the launch. And then they start talking about it. I They've been doing this for a while. Um, They will do a stream this week and get everybody excited. They'll do a TWAB with probably more information. And then we'll be we'll be into it, you know. We'll be we'll be we'll be launching into it. I think this is a a rough time to launch content because they were up against the, the vacation holiday week with Thanksgiving, and the dilemma is always if we start talking about next season too much, it probably has a negative effect on player engagement. People are like, "Well, it's time to stop playing because this stuff's coming out, and I don't care about this stuff now." Like. There's, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, yeah, I was a dragon knight. There's a backwards nature to marketing, hurting engagement. Like it's, I, there might be something to that, you know, 29 months from Randy Rogers. Thank you. Super, uh, says, do you think we'll see some missing catalysts in the season? Just like how we got ace of spades and servers and I'm dying. Maybe they haven't said anything about it. Marshall. Caleb. With the majority of the community unhappy with the current state of PvP, I don't know where you're getting that, uh, is this the best time to bring back Trials? Um, First and foremost, in the nicest way possible, you don't speak for the majority of the community. (laughs) And I don't think Reddit and Twitter and forums and YouTube are an indication of the majority. I think it can indicate themes and complaints, but I'm going to tell you something. I haven't got a general consensus from anybody right now. I have people that complain about the artifact and Thundercoil. I have people that complain about Recluse and Mountaintop. I have people that complain about One-Eyed Mask. I have people that complain about Pulse Rifles and sitting on lanes. I have people that complain about Scouts. I have people that complain about Shotguns. I have people that complain about Shoulder Charge. I have people that complain about Oriental. I have people that complain about... Like, fill in the blank, okay? Like, whatever you dislike getting killed by is, like, apparently everywhere. And that's all you die to. Um... So, so, I I don't know if PvP is as bad as um, everyone's saying. Player based numbers are really good, <laughs> like a million players a day. It's December. It's December. 
Like, the content came out the first week of October, and we're still netting a million players a day in PvP and a million in in PvE. And quit telling me it's because the game is free to play. We have hit equilibrium. We have had, for weeks now, a million in each hopper. That's really good. And it's really, really hard to be like, well, it's only because it's free to play. Really? I mean, free to play? You know, this many months now? Two entire months after Shadowkeep lands and New Light launches. We're we're, we're sitting that healthy uh, with the player numbers. Destiny Tracker is a place you can you can check the numbers. This is the best. Uh, Bungie apologist, Bungie shill. Cool, fine. I'll, I'll I'll buy the T-shirt and wear that if it'll make the two brain-celled idiots happier that call me that whenever I defend the game. But like, if you look at the numbers, the game's doing well, better. Seriously, better than it ever has. And you know. I don't know, you know, have we hit equilibrium or did momentum control bring uh, the best quest grind for three weeks and then being the best spot for PvP players to grind it? I mean, flame, maybe, homie, maybe, I don't know. I think it's hard to say stable player base numbers. It's really hard for me to look at that and say, oh, it's only because of. Now, is that a contributing factor? Sure sure but i don't think i'm telling you i I don't i don't think i trust me i've been watching the player base numbers since rise of iron and i've never seen this happen before i've never seen bungie launch dlc and they've always tried to manipulate the numbers for frick's sake they've had iron banner they had trials uh they had quests they had bounties they had all of that okay they've always been trying to get people to rotate into pvp milestone system remember like we were always like well the beginning numbers are always really strong for gambit and crucible because everybody's running the milestones because they're trying to level up that actually wasn't happening this season a bunch of us weren't going into pvp weren't going into gambit why we didn't feel the need to leveling was a lot easier that should have been hurting the engagement numbers of crucible i don't know what gambit's been like but that should have been hurting the the crucible numbers right so when i was watching the numbers all this time usually when you get a month out from the dlc we would settle into maybe six hundred thousand in pvp maybe seven to eight hundred thousand in pve almost always we would settle into that predictable pattern one month in they would drop and they would kind of stay there and then they would consider to to taper down and this time they haven't really done that like they did spike but then the settle on a million a day in each hopper is to me oh that's pretty good that's pretty good you know he'd buy the shirt if it would get him a trip to Bungie <laughs> if you start a statement with trust me you should probably not trust that person put that on a Hallmark card that's how stupid that sounds like I I have been watching the player base numbers since Rise of Iron, and this is one of the longest standing, like, strong, sustainable numbers I've ever seen. And they have always, they've always tried to manipulate the player base into going into the other sides of the game. And so you can't, when when all of a sudden we're doing really well, you can't be like, well, it's because of quests. It's because of this, it's because of that. They've always done that. 
they've always created quests and reasons to go into crucible and the numbers have never been this good i do know there's a lot of contributing factors new light definitely filled the hopper okay we know that it filled the funnel with lots more players and there certainly has been a push to go play pvp you've got iron banner you've got some of the quest lines you've got the new game mode momentum control you have had some things that have pushed it but i to me it seems steady it seems it's, it has it has seemed very very uh, steady this time around pinnacles and momentum control and the sheer concept of armor stat values yeah, but iron banner is only once a month and that was the best way to get the iron the, the, the stat values so what do you do with the other three weeks I mean, I don't know. If you think that many people are playing on a regular basis because of momentum control and Randy's throwing knife, I don't know. Are they contributing factors? Yes. Are they the main reason we're seeing healthy crucible numbers and, and, and can thus conclude with Marshall Caleb that the majority of the community is not happy with PvP? I feel like... I gotta do a lot of backflips to get there. I gotta do a backflip over player base numbers. I gotta do a backflip over the fact that the vocal minority has zero consensus on what is wrong. Everybody points to something else being the problem, whether it's the Crucible, I'm sorry, the Recluse Mountaintop, or the One-Eyed Mask, or Thunder Coil, or Shotguns, or Shoulder Charge, or Pulse Rifle Team Shots. Like, everybody says something different. I gotta backflip over that to be like, yeah, you know what? Player base numbers are healthy. There's no consensus from complaints in the community at all. I'm going to ignore all that and I'm going to conclude anyway that the majority of the player base is not happy with PvP. It that feels like a forced narrative by somebody who's unhappy uh, with the the current state of Crucible. Is Crucible perfect? That's not what I'm saying at all. They got a lot of work to do. But I don't know, man. I think. Uh, I think. I think. I think. Yeah, changes to comp helped a lot of people too. A lot of people, are, I think, are going into solo comp. Um, here's the thing: if we analyze all the things that get complained about, <laughs> uh, recluse mountaintop, uh, shoulder charge, one-eyed mask, team shotting with pulse rifles, shotguns, what do all these things represent? Um, <laughs> they represent what the high-skilled, more competitive players hate. <laughs> and on the other side of that coin, it represents what everybody else loves. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy. You boot up on a Friday night, you get out your pulse, get out your Yoten, get out your shotgun, you get some nice kills, feel pretty good, and you can shut down. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, the vocal minority it could be kind of creating this idea that oh, Crucible's terrible. Everybody hates Crucible. I don't know, man. Numbers are looking pretty good. Numbers are looking pretty, pretty good. And uh, people are complaining about all different types of things, which means maybe people are really having a good time. Um, Latin Marksman with two months. Thank you. I'm not saying Crucible's great. I'm not saying that you don't have valid complaints or criticisms about Crucible, but I don't think we can say the majority of the community is unhappy with the current state of PvP. Um, I don't know. If that were true, I feel like the numbers would have plummeted pretty quickly instead of stabilizing and maintaining. 
And if we want to say, oh, no, 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 it's only because of the quests. It's only because of New Light. It's only because of free-to-play. It's only because of these things. Yeah, but that's a lot of people, you know? That's a lot of people that are playing and hate it, <laughs> you know? Appreciate your opinion. Yeah, you're, you're good. I mean, Marshall, I, I'm... You worded it in a way where I don't feel like you're trying to be a negative Nancy. I do think when you get caught in the trenches, I've probably been guilty of this with respect to raids in Destiny 2. I tend to think, well, nobody's running raids anymore. Why? Well, because I'm not, and none of my buddies are. (laughs) Nobody in this community is. And then I start to feel like, well, everybody hates raids. Do they, Lono? Raid engagement's about the same as it's always been. See? Like... It's easy, I think, sometimes to kind of take your your small sample and think it is the sample, and then like, oh, everybody hates Crucible. Everybody hates raids. Um, So I've tried to more recently talk along the lines of like, I think these are flaws in raid design philosophy and would like to see them changed, and here's why. As opposed to just being like, well, raids suck and everyone hates them. So. Next question. 101 Ghosts. Uh, 101 Ghost, I'm sorry. Would you be disappointed if the artifact just switches elements, oppressive uh, solar grenades, and gun types? For the for some reason, I feel like that is a big possibility. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. 6% of the active players right now are in raids. That's pretty good. What was it in the past, though, Eugene? I feel like Garden really rejuvenated the raid community. It did for me. And I feel like we hear that in chat, too. We hear a lot of people saying, I like running raids. I like running garden. Garden's fun. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like garden brought a lot of people back to the fold that previously weren't really raiding that much. I wonder what it was in the past prior to now. Um, I see so many people LFGing Leviathan, a shocking amount. Oh, probably because they're stat farming because they want the high stats for Crucible. I bet. I wouldn't be surprised because the, st- the, the stats are so much better than the other raids. <laughs> the stats for the garden, the garden stuff sucks. That could be another contributing factor to more people raiding. There's more reason to go back now. It it there wasn't a whole lot of reason to run Leviathan prior to Shadowkeep. It's not just garden; all raids are being run. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so 101 ghost question about the artifact. If that's all they do, okay, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm gonna say, ah, oh, there's a, there's more potential here, Bungie, and I'll provide that feedback and say, hey, um, you know, I think you guys should do more than just change a couple of things, and maybe they'll punt on the first season switch, and we'll get bigger changes next season. We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, I'll give that feedback and be like, man, you guys, uh, you, you, you guys, you guys should have done more. Um, so 20k scourge completions versus 37k garden completions. Yeah. 20k scourge completions and only three anarchy drops. That's right. Ashen hollow. Do the normal enhanced reloader perks cost too much? Um, no, I don't think so. If you're going for the absolute top shelf perk, you know, it's probably fine. I don't have a strong opinion on that. LTS Harry. Assuming Trials launches mid-season of Dawn, we're, we're thinking that might be a possibility, is what this question's 
uh, framing here. How would the future seasons manage the playlist? Will the event be locked behind every current season? Knowing the seasons are a la carte, purchasing Dawn and being locked out of the playlist the following season may cause disdain. Um... You know, yeah, there. I think there's some potential problems with us saying, oh, it needs to be attached to the season purchase. I do think there's some potential problems, okay? I would accept those as a one-time, you just have to buy Season of Dawn, and then you can play Trials in the spring and the summer. You can always play Trials as long as you bought Season of Dawn. Number one, it'd be a good way to inject a lot of purchases on their first a la carte seasonal purchase, keep the player base going, keep the keep the player base uh, matchmaking hoppers full of people keep those funnels full um and then that'd be it it'd be a one time thing now I know that might be confusing you might be like well wait I'm playing trials in the spring and summer and I don't have to buy anything what I don't understand and requiring people to pay every season I think would be a problem that you wouldn't want to do the alternative of being like oh trials won't be behind a, a, a paywall you can't do that there's a huge problem with letting free-to-play players in the competitive hopper, they're just going to cheat. Not all of them are going to cheat, but we know that PC has a pretty significant problem with cheaters right now, and it's largely been attributed to the free-to-play playpoint because we've seen similar things happen with Apex and Fortnite. This is not a new problem. Uh, So requiring money would be, I think, a way to do that. And if it's a one-time thing, it works, right? It works. For the lion's share of the honest community, instead of these instead of these bottom feeding scumbags that cheat, okay, the, you you would pay your ten dollars and then you'd be good, you'd be fine every season. To these you know idiot kids and people from other regions that are wanting to cheat and switch, you know, and that happened with Apex, right? Like ninety nine percent of the cheaters were from a certain region of the world, just region lock all those cheaters and anyways uh you know to do to do that i would think you just require the purchase of season of dawn and then you're done and the cheaters would get would get blocked by it they'd be like i'm gonna spend ten dollars every time you know every time i make a new account um so putting it behind shadow keep i just i i don't disagree with Eugene's logic I think the challenge there would be from a marketing perspective we're launching Trials of Osiris in Season of Dawn and you have to buy Shadowkeep to get into it it's like wait huh like what like I don't understand I just want to buy Season of Dawn I didn't buy Shadowkeep and now all of a sudden you're telling me I gotta buy Shadowkeep um I, that that would be my only thought is that would just be really really hard to market. I think the logic is sound, but I think marketing that would be kind of confusing for people. Um, now, how many people would really be hung up by that? The number of people buying Season of Dawn that want to play Trials that don't own Shadowkeep is got to be a really really small minority. It has to be. I don't I don't see that being a, a large portion of the community. So maybe they do do it that way. English Oatcake. Do you feel that there should be some or even just one weekly Pinnacle Gear activity that is match made for the solo PvE players? Uh, don't really... I I don't like being dismissive, but I don't want Bungie really focusing on the solo, uh, player. 
Uh, I don't think that's important. Um, there are plenty of things to do that are match made. And in order for the game to progress, we need aspirational content. We need aspirational difficulty structure. And those things I do think require you to shut off matchmaking at a certain level and matchmaking for pinnacle stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. That seems like if, if you're trying to grind your way to 960, do you not have anybody to play with? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they want to start to legislate and design and update and do quality of life passes for people. That, I know the force is dropping a pinnacle, but that was that was a limited time thing. He's saying like that. Uh, and Iron Banner gives four. He's asking for more. I don't think we need more. I don't know if they should be looking into the game and saying, let's add more match-made pinnacle activities where are you going to put them? Like, a lot of them are, 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 you know, you got your dungeon, you got your raid, you got your master nightmare hunts, uh, you got, oh, what else? Is there, oh, what, what, 100k nightfall, right? I know you have to be like a 950 or something to do the 100k. I don't, I just don't feel a strong impetus to ask Bungie to do more for the solo player. I never want somebody who loves this game to feel like they can't do what they want to do, but I also don't want Bungie spending a bunch of time developing and quality passing and doing patches and updates for a teeny tiny fraction of the community. And I'm not saying solo players are a teeny tiny fraction of the community. I'm saying a solo player who's grinding to 960 and is playing a lot and that's important to them, that person not having people to play with, I believe is a teeny tiny majority. I think the lion's share, if you just sample solo players, so like, let's say solo player is someone who plays solo 70% of the week. So 70% of the week when they log into Destiny, they're playing by themselves, okay? Let's take that slice. Out of that slice of the community, how many of those people are hardcore going for 960? probably not a lot I don't know it's I don't know probably not a lot I would think a minority as soon as you slice that community I think most of those people are just logging in to have fun they're doing the flashpoint they're doing their milestones they play a couple crucible games and then they shut down they're not even 950 yet you know if if most of their play sessions are solo I don't think they are hardcore aspirational content players. I could be wrong in my assumptions here, but it doesn't seem to fit the mentality of I play most of the time by myself, but I also really, really care about all the aspirational content because for the last five years, most of the aspirational content required you to get a team beforehand. Raids, nightfalls, like these were things that you couldn't just throw yourself into. So there's a trend that's been in place for I don't know half a decade that if you want to play aspirational content, you got to find a team. So I wouldn't think there'd be a ton of players in the player base that are solo but have those strong aspirations for end game stuff, like the end game end game stuff, which is you know grinding from 950 to 960. I fit into that category, but for the pinnacles, I hit up LFGs. Right. If your desire is that strong, I would think 
you're going to find ways to get those things done, which is why I don't think Bungie needs to be going into the game and creating stuff for you. Because anytime, anytime they're doing quality passes, this cat's bothering me. Anytime they do quality passes like that, that means they're not working on something else. Anytime they create content for, for that person, they're not creating content for everybody else. So... On the same token, I don't want them creating, you know, five raids a season instead of everything else, because that would be a ton of time created for the people that like to run raids, six man, non-match made, big teams. Like that's a very specific type of content, and I don't want them to spend a ton of time on it. Have a team do a raid every, you know, six to nine months, and then that's it. If they do too much of one of one shade of color in the game, you're 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 writing all your music for one particular palette. Wishwash. At what point do you feel we should stop giving Bungie the excuse of parallel development with close seasons or content and Bungie not seeming to be in touch with how the community uh, feel about it? I'm skipping questions like this. There's no point asking this question, Wishwash. What do you want me to say in response to basically you just complaining about Bungie? At what point should we stop giving Bungie the excuse to parallel? But who is doing that right now? Who is talking about Shadowkeep or Season of the Undying? Who is like, now, now, guys, parallel development? Like, nobody's doing that, right? And you're saying they're seemingly not in touch with how the community would feel about events and activities. Uh, what, what? Okay. According to you, like, I don't have an answer to this. I don't have answers to questions like this. This is just complaint with a question mark at the end of it. Rodeo Clowns with 17 months. James Marin with 14 months. Uh, the Latin Marksman, did I thank you for two months? I think I did. Oh no, look out below. With Season of Dying coming to a close, would you recommend a detailed roadmap going forward for seasons? Or do you fall on the side where I believe they can be a little bit more vague? I know I think roadmaps are good. Right? I think roadmaps are good. Because it sets out in front of you what's coming, what to expect. It gives you confidence in buying the season pass because there's rhythmic content. There's no drought. Uh, I think I think roadmaps are helpful. Stealth gaming. Do you think there will be a power cap increase to the grind? It'll just be the artifact. I just think it's going to be the artifact. We're going to find out this week if I was right in my predictions. And if Paul Tassi was wrong, he has to get a tattoo of Lono was right on his left butt cheek. I'm just kidding. He doesn't have to do that. But we'll see, we'll find out this week who is who is right. Maybe maybe we'll find out. I don't know. They, I'm assuming they're going to tell us. They're going to tell us this week. Is there a power bump or is it just the artifact? It's going to just be the artifact. So just get ready for that, okay? Rodeo Clowns with 17 months, heavy lifted with 33 months. Welcome back. Gritter. When Trials returns, do you think it'll have ritual weapon quests created for it? Probably not. Uh I don't think they're going to, if they're going to do anything, they're going to retire the idea. They're not going to expand it. They're, I don't think they're going to expand it. It's, it was a problem. You know, the pinnacle weapons got downgraded to ritual and I could see rituals going away. And if they're going to keep them, they're going to keep them where they are. Vanguard, Crucible, Gambit. That's it. I I can't see them expanding on it, Gritter, because it felt to me like they were trying to minimize their presence and the problematic nature of having them, I wouldn't think they would expand them. Um, I would think Trials would have its own pool and its own reason to go flawless. And 
that could be attached to a ritual weapon. I would think it would be more attached to what they did, you know, prior to Rise of Iron and beyond. I think they did this after it as well, where you could get the adept weapons, you know, from the from going flawless. Sam going ham was seven months. Elusive Texan was seventeen months. So many resubs, guys. Thank you for that. A Johnny. What's the point of guided games? I sat in a queue for an hour, never got matched. I've talked about this uh, in a handful of Q&As. It's been a while since it's come up, though. The main problem that is facing guided games, it's a funnel that requires two types of players. Okay, The first type is someone who needs help and doesn't have a team. I believe that those people are legion. There are tons of those people in the funnel. And then the second type of player you need in the funnel is an experienced player willing to teach. And I don't think there are very many of those people in the game. And there is a variety of reasons for that. Okay, Number one, if you're experienced and you know how to teach, you probably already have a team you play with. You have a clan. You have a friends list. You're comfortable with LFG. And so you're never going into guided games ever. You're like, well, I don't need to go in there. I can go use LFG. Think about it. The type of player that knows how to raid and has the information required to be a Sherpa is elsewhere. So you have a lopsided funnel. You have a funnel that is just full of people that are like, I need help or I know what I'm doing. I just don't have a team. Whatever the case may be, you need that other side of the funnel to be full and you've got four to five years of people who have a clan, a friends list, or are comfortable with LFG. That's where they're all hanging out, okay? They're not hanging out in guided games. Sorry. Um, uh, Not only that, the funnel also collapses when the Sherpa just found a new teammate. Well, or they go in and have a bad experience, right? They're like, ah, LFG's better. LFG's faster. You know, and then they don't go back in. They don't go back in. Listen, On paper, we all thought Guided Games was a brilliant idea, a smart way to introduce a version of matchmaking for raids, and in practice and on the battlefield, it just doesn't work. I would remove it and add in-game LFG, is what I would do. In-game LFG that you can't interact with without a microphone plugged in, a working microphone. Somehow they have to come up with a way to test that, like voice activated software is everywhere so require me to have my mic plugged in and say some little sentence or something and then I can use in game LFG so the thing that gets me is guided games doesn't require a mic well yeah Charles Edward Cheese with 9 months Helios Prime with 15 months welcome back appreciate you guys for those resubs uh last question how about when a solo player joins an LFG group and they get kicked before the reward is given there is nothing you can do about the existence of douchebags. Um, I I don't I don't think Bungie can be like, all right, so what will you do? I mean, okay, so they'd have to add kick protection, okay? So, um, maybe they could make it to where you can only be kicked from a fire team um, before the encounter is started. I don't know if Bungie has the ability to do this, by the way, but that'd be the only way to do it. So, if you got some idiot who went AFK and you can't get rid of him because you can't kick him, you ought to be able to kick him when you're you're standing at the rally flag, right? 
So as long as no one, as long as, you know, no one starts the encounter, you got a window to kick. Once you're in the encounter, you shouldn't be able to kick anybody. Because if you beat the encounter, you're, 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 you're in there until it says mission complete. Once mission complete hits, it generate it, it should, it, it, it creates that, that loot for that guy. And if he gets kicked, no worries. It'll go to his postmaster. The problem is, is as soon as the boss dies, you can kick everybody and be a total a-hole and no one, no one can stop you. And the loot's not been generated yet. It doesn't actually see you as completing it. So I would, I would think that'd be the only way to do it is you can only as the lobby leader kick someone in the beginning of any, like when you're not in an encounter, uh, vote to kick no kicks for 60 seconds before and after an encounter yeah I just that'd be the only way to do it was either a vote to kick system or the lobby leader can't kick anybody once you're in the encounter if you're like what if we have a guy that's just AFKing wipe and then kick him cause now you're not in the encounter you like you should not be able to kick people after the boss dies you know people are just jerks and honestly, if you if you do that enough times, Bungie should Bungie should uh, put you on like a probation period, where you can't get into raids for a month or something. It can't be that hard to see. Wow, this, every week this guy gets to the end of in, in, in encounters and kicks people. Like, why would you be doing that every time? Every time at the same spot in the in the, in the fight? Like, come on. I don't know. I would just put those people on raid probation or something. <laughs> like, what? Why are you conti- Why are you doing this so much? You, is this, this is anomalous. This is abnormal player behavior. It should stand out. It should shouldn't be that hard to catch. You know, it's like, man, this this, this guy keeps kicking people, and then seconds later, it says mission complete. Like, wait a minute, you're not kicking them in the in-between. You're not kicking them because of a squabble or something. You're literally kicking them and seconds later it says mission complete. Like that, I don't know. Maybe Bungie can't run a report on that. I feel like they can report, you know, for how many times you scratch your butt, you know, in the game in an hour. Like they have reports for everything. You'd think they'd be able to run a report and be like, is there anybody with a pattern of kicking, you know, before before the you know the mission ends or something and then, and then be like look it, it it seems that you're abusing the kick uh, the kick fire team member function of the game and we're gonna put you on probation you can't play raids for a month they'd learn real freaking fast not to do that because they'd be bumming that's a lot of drops that's a lot of stuff so <laughs> that's what I would do oh, that's I, I think they need to start coming out way harder on these douchebags you know start Start hardware banning the cheaters and, you know, DDoSers. DDoSers should be getting significant probations. Because I know it's like, well, I didn't know my friend was doing it. Cool. Have fun not playing for a month. Think twice about playing with with Johnny DDoSer. You know? So. That's going to do it. That's plenty of questions, guys. Great Q&A. If you're here live, don't go anywhere. If you enjoyed this style of content, it's like an interactive podcast. Click follow and turn on notifications. That way you don't miss these streams and these conversations. And if you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Probably live right now. Get in here and join the conversation. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.